Uh, in celebrating the Incarnation, we, we celebrate this moment of God's decision, of His determination to save humanity in a marvelous way, in something that before this probably would have been impossible for anyone to imagine. Certainly people could imagine it in mythology and other religions. You have the idea of God's becoming man, but that was mythology. And it's hard to imagine God himself, the one true God, actually becoming a human person. We get used to that because we grew up with that teaching. For an ordinary Jew, the idea of God taking on flesh, becoming limited, the eternal one coming into time, that's, a, that's an idea that would have been astounding, unbelievable to them. Um, it is really the greatest mystery. God was so determined and so decided that he was going to save humanity that he became a man. Um, a great mystery, I think that, that for us, it's like I said, it's, it's easy to get used to, but for, for others, it's hard to grasp. Um, I recently read this famous book called The Life of Pi. Maybe you've heard of it. I think they have to read it in school nowadays. And um, it's about this little boy, this little Indian boy, who growing up decides that he wants to be a part of all three of the major religions. So first he starts out as a Hindu, and then he decides that he wants to become a Christian, and then he decides that he wants to become a Muslim as well. So it's kind of experimental, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with everything in the book. But there's an interesting part where he, he meets this Catholic priest. And the Catholic priest starts telling him about Jesus. And he's a Hindu boy, and he's used to um, their gods and their religion and the stories of their gods and things. And he starts commenting on his first opinion of Christianity when, when the priest starts telling him about Jesus and about the Incarnation, and about especially about how he died on the cross for us. And he, he's, he's saying, I can't believe that you could have a God who, first of all, becomes a human being, and then he doesn't even really do anything that's extraordinary or amazing. I guess what he's used to is that their gods would do all these kind of cosmic miracles involving stars and planets and things. And Jesus didn't do anything like that. Um, and, uh, and that's really interesting because you think about it. Jesus, when he became man, his life was actually pretty ordinary for, for God. You think about it. His life was very hidden and very normal. The miracles that he did were pretty subtle for the most part. They didn't involve any big cosmic revelations. The biggest one might have been like the calming of the storm at sea, which only his 12 disciples saw. And, and for the most part, his, his life was very ordinary and very normal. That's the great mystery of the Incarnation, that God became man and became a normal man. He was like all of us, except for sin. In everything else, he was very much like us. So that's kind of the amazing thing, and that's, that's like the great gift that God has given us, that now, after the Incarnation, God is someone that we can imagine with our imagination, that we can picture him walking and talking and doing things. We can picture him having a face. You know, in the Old Testament, God didn't have a face, physically speaking. There are passages where God says, uh, you can't see me, you can't look on me. They have this, this awareness that God is so holy and so good and so distant and apart from us that you can't even look on his face or you will die. 
And Jesus, by the Incarnation, absolutely overcomes that. That whole notion is completely gone now. Because now you can look at the face of God. When Jesus was born and held in the hands of Mary and, in, when, and Joseph in the stable, they looked at his face, and they were looking at the face of God. It's absolutely amazing when you think about the comparison with the old way of seeing God, that he was distant and you couldn't look on his face or you would die. You couldn't call God by his name. When Moses asked God at the burning bush for his name, which we read it last Sunday, he says, I am who I am. It doesn't give him a real name. It gives him kind of a code word because you can't say God's name in the Old Testament. He's too great for us to, to know his name and to be able to, to say it. But now God has given a name. And in this passage in this gospel, the angel tells Mary that she's supposed to give him the name Jesus, which, which was a common name, right? Other people of the Jewish people used the name Jesus. And now you're able to call God by his name. It's a beautiful thing, and it allows us to have this intimacy with him, this closeness to him that wasn't allowed before. Um, Jesus has made it possible for us to imagine him and to experience him, and, and he made it possible for the people of that time to touch him and to, to hear him. Right? God becomes part of the material reality that makes up our day-to-day -day life. And so um, we're encouraged to take advantage of that and to make the most of it in our spiritual life. St. John of the Cross has passages where he talks about how we need to be detached from everything material, everything that has to do with the senses, we need to be detached from. So um, all of your visions and all of your locutions in your spiritual life, they're good things, but you need to be detached from them. Because you're only supposed to be attached to one thing, and that's God. right? But he says there's one exception in the material world of things that you're, you're supposed to be detached from everything in this world. There's one thing you, that you have an exception to that rule, and that is the humanity of Jesus Christ. Being attached to the humanity of Jesus Christ is a good thing. It's a good thing, right? And I think what he means by that is that in our, in our prayer, when you use uh, your imagination to picture Christ in his humanity, uh, there's no way, way you can go wrong with that. There's no way that can be a temptation or that can be uh, a sin, right? That is good. He gave us his humanity. He gave us himself having a body and physical aspects to it so that we could use that as a way to God, right? There are passages in St. John where he talks about, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. That means that looking at the body of Jesus Christ and at his face and at his hands and his feet and at his crucifixion, Looking at that, you're looking at God. There's no difference. There's no, like, mediation there. It's direct, direct contact with God through the humanity of Jesus Christ, through his body. That's the gift that the Incarnation gives us. So let's, uh, let's renew our gratitude and our appreciation for this great gift. And in our prayer today, let's, uh, let's strive to, to take advantage of of his humanity, his physical humanity in a body that became man for us and died for us in the end.